Hey everyone, welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name. <laughs> it should be familiar by now. Dr. David Clay. Very, very nice to be with you on the podcast today. Um, the timing uh, when we do the podcast, it gets a bit confusing. Uh, although most of them certainly are recorded in context of current time, currency of time. <laughs> I'm in the moment I'm in. That's good news. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you listen to them, it may be off. And certainly the further it goes from the date, the time of the recording, uh, it could be way off or within uh, a different Time, different season. Um, so, <laughs> without uh, saying too much about uh, the currency, uh, all the things that are going on at the present time, lest it would date it or uh, would be somewhat confusing to you, the listener, even as now you're listening to it, who knows when, uh, what time of the year it might be. Uh, I think this is a very relevant message nonetheless. Um, because it's going to speak to something that I think is crucial. And that would be, again, the dimension of relationship. Um, certainly relationship with God. Now, of course, there are all sorts of uh, holidays, holy days that we celebrate. And the purpose of the celebration is to, I guess, in many ways, not only celebrate um, church or or uh, as we would know that in a social or, or more materially sort of manifest dimension, uh, the body of Christ, the, the congregating or the congregant as we come together to worship. You know, we go to different churches, we belong to different denominations, and to some extent we may have different beliefs. The common denominator, though, would be Jesus Christ in as much the Word of God. Uh, but even then, there's some diversity or difference uh, as to what is maybe important to one might not be so much important to another. Nonetheless, we celebrate throughout the year what we know of, not only in terms of word, but in personal relationship. What we know of God, what we know of Christ, and in the Holy Spirit. It's good to be reminded of those things. Why? Because all of those things, as we would understand them within a Christian context, speak to life. Uh, it is not only in an immediate sort of way, time context, what's going on in the immediacy of time context, the moment that we're all in, what season of the year it is, uh, what particular holy day or holiday we may be celebrating, but it is also something of life in terms of that eternal dimension. And that's probably where relationship becomes even more crucial. I can celebrate something during a particular time of year. Let's say it's Easter. I can celebrate Easter. And I can think of all that that represents for my understanding of the word. I could uh, think of that or experience that, and only thoughts, feelings, in uh, regards to all of my history of going to or 
becoming a, a be, being a part of a church congregation or going to a church or a particular denomination uh, as as again uh, those are those unique sort of personality dimensions of the body of Christ uh, I can think about those things historical uh, with tradition uh, what we do at Easter time and, and it takes nothing away from the message but more than just celebrating it at Easter time, and that would be seasonal, right? Uh, I want to have that experience not only year-round, but regardless of whether it is a holy day or not a holy day, whether there is some sort of material dimension to my relationship with God, with Christ through the Holy Spirit, or whether it be that I have no reason necessarily, as far as calendars go, time goes, to celebrate, I still would want to celebrate Christ. Uh, I, I might experience, as again, going back to Easter, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus when it's Christmas. Now, of course, at Christmas time we celebrate his birth, uh, and that's important. Uh, it's much like everyone's birthday. Uh, there is some narrative that in material dimension, natural context, we apply, ascribe to everything. There is a beginning and an end, and it has to have meaning. <laughs> That's human. Uh, that probably, too, is where time, and, and as much as in material context, implies some degree of space, uh, physical dimension, uh, that's probably part of that. We need those things to remind us. We need those things on a daily basis, maybe to get us through. Uh, maybe we need those things just to, to say, well, what was, what is, and what will be. Uh, as they all tie together, hopefully they tie together again in word, in our experience or fellowship with other believers, as it would be with Christ, as it would be with God in Christ and the Holy Spirit. But the moment that I lose sight of the purposes of those reminders, those holy days, those references, material references, because I have unfortunately become maybe too preoccupied with the material reference in general to the exclusion of my relationship with Christ is probably the day that I begin to not have life, or at least the life that is most important. Now, I can log days. <laughs> we all can log days. Uh, again, birthdays, as with Christmas, the birth of Christ is the beginning. I can, from the very beginning, count the days. I, would, I wouldn't as a, as a newborn, but when I get to be five or six years old, I can begin to think, okay, I've got this many days till I'm seven. Or this many days till I'm eight. And if you're a little older in life, you may be thinking, well, I've got this many days until I am whatever, 70, 80. And with that, then begin to realize that not only is there a beginning, but a very keen awareness at that moment of an end. Uh, even the Bible, God has chosen to frame it within time and space, within some chronological or some dimension of chronology. Uh, beginning, Genesis. 
end revelation. And, and that is important. I operate in a material context. But what's more important than that, though, is that in an eternal dimension, my relationship with God through Christ Jesus, as in, again, the Holy Spirit, has to be such that at any particular moment, I'm neither closer or further away, time, space, I guess that would be proximity, so mostly space, or I am thinking that the day will come when I will be, time-wise, add that dimension now, better or closer, or there was a time in the past when I was better and closer, and for whatever reason, now I'm not. Uh, it's hard to resist that because in our human consciousness, and God gave us consciousness, awareness, discernment for the purposes of navigating the material life. We actually have good use for our brains. Now, I know that sounds a little bit over the top because who would argue that? But I don't know who would also not argue that our brains get us into a lot of trouble, a lot of difficulty, because we are constantly evaluating and assessing. And if we aren't, it's because one... Maybe we don't have the capacity to do that. Uh, some people probably have better brains than others. Maybe we've chosen to not do that. Maybe we don't want to think about those things. Why? Because it can become somewhat daunting. But now, I have to point this out. I don't want to lose sight, though, of this very important fact. Until we realize the significance of a relationship with God, then it needs to be daunting. Restored relationship with God, it needs to be significant. Acceptance of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it has to be significant. Because in a material dimension, context, natural life, when we need Him the most is in that life, so much so that that's where the greatest risk of alienation, separation occurs. That's when we can somehow feel far away from him or somehow look at there was a time when it was better than now or I've got to wait until I get to this particular moment, point, place in time for it to get better. All of those things logistically, for the sake of logistics, for the sake of time and space, the brain needs to be able to operate. We do have a need for navigating within time and space because God has given us that. We can't function, it seems, or we still recognize there's great dysfunction if we don't have some sort of material reference. We can get lost. But until we are found by Christ, in Christ, find Christ, so that we might then be found by Christ, in Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit's leading and direction, it's good, though, that we get confused. It's good that we have struggles. It's good that we're not satisfied, lest we not come to the greater. And why is that greater? Because once you find Christ, 
once you establish that relationship, once you understand the message of the word of God that he loves us, that he has sent his son to die for us, so that again, within context of Easter even, we might be resurrected or born again, not to the same dimensions, but to a new dimension. Now, is it a new dimension in terms of some material manifestation? I think it is. Although when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to look in the mirror and necessarily look different. You're still going to be you that you see in the mirror. Whatever age you are, whatever signs of the time that you've spent on this earth, your brain is probably still going to function pretty closely to what it functioned before you came to an acceptance of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What, however, changes is the realization that our relationship with God is more secured. Now, was it secure before? If so, only because, again, he was apprehending us as much as we needed to apprehend him. That's why I was kind of careful in how I presented that a few moments ago about accepting Jesus, taking him as our Lord and Savior, finding him, being found in him. It is a two-way process. That is, though, however, all relationship. There's two parts. There can't just be the one wanting the other. There has to be some degree of the other wanting the one. If that's not there, then the relationship might still be there, but it's not secured. Only when the motive would be such that reciprocally, mutually, equally so, we would want someone else as much as they would want us, that we find that even in material human terms, secured. But so to it, so would it be, so as it is in spiritual terms. Because when we talk about things like motive, certainly there's a psychological dynamic or dimension to that. That would be out of a will, some sense of identity, self, that I would choose, make a choice to want. First, I suppose I would recognize, appreciate, then make a, a desire in me would manifest a choice, make a choice to go get that thing that I want. Now, at the same time, though, as much as, again, that is out of psychology, out of will, out of self, however, the Holy Spirit is constantly, even before we have come to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, loving on us. It is most likely, if not entirely, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. You have material context that demonstrates that life. We have material context in which we have to negotiate. We have to align our brains in such a way that our sense of self, our identity, our will, and our choices manifest, not only toward those things that we want badly, but hopefully we also understand through word, word of God, that those things that he tells us are most important are the things that we are seeking. You can chase after a lot of things that look like they're going to make you happy, joyful, 
content and fulfilled in life that really end up being quite empty experiences, if only because, not that they didn't bring some, in some, again, time sort of dimension, some sense of enjoyment or satisfaction, but it's always fleeting. Everything in this world, the material dimension of this world, is based on that notion of time. If there is a need, then you go get what you need, and for a moment, not even an extended moment, but a moment, you might feel content. But the moment that you're a fool and satisfied begins then the moment of dissatisfaction that will always follow. That's how it works. However, and the love of Christ, or with the love of Christ, is again manifest in the Holy Spirit, God's love as manifest in Christ, who is our Savior, who helps us to secure our relationship with God, who helps us to make this transition, right, from more time and space sort of reference to a relationship reference, one that is eternal or beyond time and space, because once we realize how much God loves us, again, through the example of Christ, through the witnessing of his life, yes, within material context on the front end, but also the appreciation that even in material regard, human regard, if we measure enjoyment and satisfaction and success in material life by the standard of always feeling good, or that somehow that relationship is going to always bring with it a sense of peace, contentment that comes from the perfect love of God. Even Jesus demonstrates materially, as you would look at it from the outside, the material, superficial, that life really isn't that joyful, except that you would see the joy that is in it. Now again, Let's take Easter, for instance. Christ, for the joy that was set before him, word says, endured the cross. Did he go to the cross and think that was joyful? Probably not, except that it was somehow tied or established in, tied to, connected to, established in something greater. But what was that greater? That it would demonstrate no more, but also no less, than the love of God is so secure that even the trials, the daunting sort of nature of material life, time and space, human dimension, beginning and end, uh, I've not mentioned death in human terms, at least in regard to the audience that I'm speaking to, but that really is the message, you're going to die. We have to understand how relationship is the only place of greatest satisfaction, the only place of greatest contentment. Now, did Jesus look forward to dying uh, for the joy that was set before him? Possibly so, but I don't know that Jesus died. His material body was changed. He had to go through what all of us are going through, went through before he came, have to go through until he comes again. 
that we're rid of the material body if we go home to be with the Lord before he comes again. But the notion of it is, I'm not sure even death is the measure. And that's probably what word is all about and what the Easter season really is to tell us. Yes, there's a lot of good things from Christmas to Easter. And that's only three or four months, right, in, a, in our calendar. But as it was representative in Christ's life, and again, the New Testament, and specifically the four Gospels, so much occurred from the moment of his birth to the moment of his crucifixion, and then eventual resurrection, and then his eventual return to this world to, to, to claim his church, to bring all of us to the same glory through the Holy Spirit, to become in relationship one with God, so that none of this, these things that otherwise we have to navigate and negotiate with our brains in time and space dimension can cause us any more grief, hurt, pain, trauma, gain, loss, up, down. But how do you see that in three or four months? We can celebrate that. It's good to remember that. It's good to go to church and on a daily basis even celebrate that. It's good to take communion, which is, in again, all part of that approach to the Good Friday and then the eventual Easter morning where Christ was resurrected. Good Friday, as with his approach to the death or his death on the cross, approach to death on the cross, but also his spending time in the tomb and then his resurrection. But lest we see that, begin to discount that or not appreciate that any more than the story that it tells, we've missed the point. It reminds us, but it doesn't make us. It tells us of the relationship that we have available to us in Christ Jesus, but it doesn't make that happen. What makes that happen is for us to fall in love with Jesus Christ as much to approach him, to chase after him, to return in will and choice of the body, of the flesh, of the mind, of the soul, of the spirit, to want him as much as he wants us, or as the Holy Spirit again wants us. That's what a true relationship is about. It's about that in material context. I know I'm speaking of it in terms of supernatural and spiritual and God and word and Christianity and, and all of those things that some people don't believe in, those that are lost, but even those that are lost and maybe perchance, I am speaking in my audience right now that's hearing this, there may be someone who is lost. You don't enjoy love until you remove the conditions that are attached to it. You have to understand the conditions that are attached to it brings you to an awareness of what real love is and the failing of the superficial or the lesser. And then, hopefully, if you don't come to an understanding of Jesus Christ, you're pretty close at that moment, at least for the sake of the relationship in the material context. The person that you say you love materially, you understand. 
It is about my sustained commitment and my desire and my willingness to believe more in your promise of loving me and my promise of loving you than it is anything you are going to do or say that is going to make that happen. Because if we wait on the doing and the saying only, or if we measure that as with trust, as with, I'm not going to do this until you show me you're willing to die for me, unfortunately, what that means is most of us won't do it. Why? Because it's daunting. It's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to think of a life that begins with something so much better as with childhood. And unless you come to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, is going to end with nothing better than death and possibly crucifixion. And as much as, again, only Jesus could bear the sins of the world, all of us, to some extent, because that's, that's the sin that he's bearing is all of our sins, uniquely, individually, but cumulatively heaped upon him, people will heap their sins upon you too. Lest you come to this awareness of the only way is the Christ way to salvation, and in that, not even of your flesh, but of the promise of God's holy promise, holy love, Unique, holy, unique, divine love, unconditional love, agape love for you, it's going to destroy you. And you will not understand that the death of you is really the liberation of the spirit, the death of the conditions of the body, of the flesh, of the negotiations in a material context is the beginning of the eternal. But the message, the good news message is you don't have to be crucified to have that happen. You can choose to do it now. Do you have to wait for Easter? No. To be reminded of that? No, because it's in an everyday context. Do you have to wait for Christmas, a holy day, to be reminded? No. Every day we can be thankful for Jesus. But in that sense of relationship, once we understand the narrative or the storyline that the holy days sort of capture and remind us of, so that our conscious mind is constantly being reminded of, lest we get too far out in the weeds and forget about it, you could read your word every day. You could read the Bible every day. You could pray every day, which is the instruction, right? Of course, I'm being facetious over the top again, a bit over the top again. But the point is, you need to seek it out. God is seeking you out. You need to seek him out or you're not going to have that love. Now, can you get by without that? Yes. Why? Because there are Christians in this world who otherwise have the love of God in them in Christ Jesus. And that means that God has not yet given up on you. And the Holy Spirit, even so, is also working from within you as God is attempting to lead you to that love, to draw you unto himself through his son, Jesus Christ. But if you choose not to receive it, when you hit that mark, when time and space ends for you, it 
is over. Now, you're going to live forever, but you're going to live forever in the daunting torment of never having loved. You will never know love. You will never know redemption. You will never know true forgiveness, either received, but if you've never really come to that awareness and receipt, you're not going to give it. Where it's going to end, when you end, is in hell. There will be a judgment. The judgment will basically be, by comparison to Christ, how come? Because he came to tell you about this so that you did not have to get to that moment in your life. The things, though, that are not of God, the things that have not been sanctified by the blood of Christ, the parts of you that you've not turned over to God, the parts of you that you've withheld, that even as he sent his only begotten son to die for you on a cross, you've rejected the message, you will only have yourself. And we know what you are. And possibly all those other people who who were turned like you unto self-destruction. That's the judgment. God doesn't say, oh, I'm mad at you. I'm going to get rid of you or punish you. No. God says, you don't love me. I've been trying to love you all along, and you would not receive my love. It's too late. The time you needed it the most while you were in the context of your humanity, your depravity, your fallen nature, the real struggle, you wouldn't let me help you. So all those parts of you, by the way, just the human dimension, I have no place for. You can't hang out with me. What love there is in you, as with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to take back because he has place with me. I gave him to you in the flesh so that you would survive it, but not only survive it, so that you could be saved so that you would not have to struggle so much with it. But you didn't receive it. Now, I could preach this sermon any day of the month. Well, any Sunday of the month. I could do it any day of the month. I could do it any month of the year. I don't have to wait till Easter. I don't have to wait till Christmas. I don't have to wait till any holy day to remind you of this sermon because it's not about those things after you understand the love of God in Christ Jesus. At that point, it's all about the love of Christ in love of God in Christ Jesus. Those things fade away. The material dimension matters, but it's always secondary. And if you're struggling, if you're alone, if you feel isolated, it's not because God isn't there, but you've forgotten how to seek him, to find him, to die to yourself so that he might become stronger in you. Now, he's not going to kill you. That's not the message. You need to quit being human. If what you're going to find is that true love, true relationship is all spiritual. As long as you stay human, then you may try to approximate or be even able to approximate that in material context, but it's with all kinds of conditions. And again, 
Conditions don't last. Promises don't last in material regard unless they are divine, and then it is the promise only, the promise of God, of his love eternal, manifest in Christ Jesus, and that in him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not going to die, but your body will. And you will feel ups, and you will feel downs, and you will feel ins, and you will feel outs, and you'll feel a plenty, and you'll feel in deficit. You'll be abased, taken down, but you'll also be in abundance. And those things can be celebrated. Celebrate your birthday, a new job, a raise. Celebrate marriage. It's good. Nothing wrong with that. But for every celebration, there is also then tragedies, harm, hurt that comes to the body. But it's not that God inflicts pain upon us, but it is what happens in the natural context. Understand that, that what God says is, I know it's hard for you. I know it's difficult. I know you're lost. But all you need to do is believe me, and I can provide comfort for you to get you through those struggles. You still can have the celebrations, but when the struggles come, and be thankful unto God for those, but when the struggles come, particularly so, when you're going through your crucifixion experience, when you take up your cross, is what I'm trying to say, and follow after Jesus the example of Jesus, when you go to the point of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to die for another, not your needs, but because you love another, not conditionally, not just reciprocity, you do this for me, but unconditionally in that agape sort of divine, again, perfect love of God. If you're going to do that, it always comes with the material cost. There is no glory of the Lord without a sacrifice. But the good news is you'll be resurrected. The good news is God's not going to let you die. The good news is that you were more than body, that the better part of you was spirit. And that the better part of you, by the time that hopefully you've left this world, by your choice, by receiving, by sharing, by seeking God's word, sharing his love, receiving his love, giving that to others in the same way that you've received it, when you go from this life, when you exit the material existence into the supernatural or the spiritual, you will already have that you will already be that in Christ Jesus. And it won't cost you anymore. You've paid as he paid the price. The price has been paid for you. But whatever cost that you've had, you've given it. You've given your life to Christ as you've received life from Christ. You've given your life back to service unto God, true worship. And you're going to be resurrected. You're not going to die. 
Neither are the others who are lost. They're going to, however, eternally be in torment, in hell. That's not where you want to be. Again, what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry? Well, it's all of this. It's a reminder on a day-to-day basis what we're really about and what we're really of. We're of God. We're about working and worshiping and serving Him, but not even in material dimensions, but in relationship dimensions, in love dimensions, in spirit dimensions. Let that be the basis of who you are, and if it's not yet, Allow it to become the basis of who you are so when the time is to cross over, you're already a new creation. You're already of spirit awaiting then whatever that next call of God would be. Come see me. This is what I do for a living. I I encourage folks. I try to remind them of the word. And I try to help them love one another. Again, who am I? I'm Dr. Michael David Clay. And once more, what are you listening to? The podcast. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Christian Counseling Ministry? I truly hope that uh, you can get something from these uh, podcasts and that you not only receive, but that you do choose to give. And I also hope that you can come back and join us on our next edition Uh, of what is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. Thanks.